five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. There we go. Okay, now let's get over to the 10 at 10. And we'll start off with KFC, which is off, all, always funny. They got a good new commercial. Law, mashed potatoes, and Kentucky. He's I shrinking, he's shrinking. Enjoy. Colonel Snowman melted, bringing us this delicious piping hot meal with all the mixings. Touch anything. He's okay, right? <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. He's wow, okay, right? This delicious meal is piping hot. Delicious we meal. We were too busy to cook. <laughs> Why did it have to be so piping hot? Well, see ya. And free delivery. So that's pretty cool. UPS imposes shipping limits on Nike, Gap, L.L. Bean, and others. I got a notice from Vermont Country Store. I don't know if they use USPS or UPS. Don't know which one. But I did get a notice that they were working on pulling and shipping my order. What is, you know, I even I even said to the style consultant, what does that mean, working on it? Just pull it and ship it. If you can send me an email, why can't you send me the stuff? But apparently they can't because they're, I mean, I don't know about Vermont Country Store. We'll see. But we'll see. Thanks, Jim. Yep, Merry Christmas to you. Um, you know, it's like there's no context given in this story, Joe Keenan. Um, I would like to hear if USPS is also stopping their shipment. In this case, they just didn't pick up the stuff which causes problems, I'm sure, in logistics for these merchants. Uh, I don't know if USPS does that sort of thing. If anybody could fact check that, that would be great. Um, you know, I've heard challenges of dropping of dropping off big mailings at small post offices and that the USPS doesn't always understand who their big customers are. But um, back in the... In the uh, late 80s, Jesse Helms was the senator from North Carolina, and apparently he was lobbying Congress to shut down Parcel Post. And the USPS hired salespeople to go out and tell merchants that their Parcel Post was really competitive, like half the price of UPS. And it really worked. USPS got major shifts. Uh, in and increase their parcel post, which is good because you know you need competition, and uh, it worked so well that they actually hired a sales force to start trying to sell ad mail to advertisers, and uh, that that wasn't working as well, and so they hired this consultant to come in and teach direct mail to the USPS. And it was yours truly. I remember one guy coming up to me in the break and saying, why would anybody do direct mail when you could, you know, for for a thousand bucks a thousand or fifty bucks five hundred bucks a thousand when you could do advertising for twenty bucks a thousand? And so then I had to explain to the USPS why direct mail made sense. And we're still doing it today. To this day, we're still defending direct mail with USPS. But UPS triggered that back there in the late 80s. Um, which brings up another article. Uh, 
Andrew Gaffney in DemandGenReport.com. Did a podcast, Combating Digital Fatigue with Tactile Marketing. I'm guessing, since I've heard it twice now in the last week, that the new name for junk mail is Tactile Marketing. I don't know why marketers have to keep coming up with new stuff, but your tactile sense neurons are tenfold more than your vision. And so there are good there are good reasons for that. So anyway, this guy did a webinar and he said, I know everybody's inboxes are flooded. The problem I have is that I sign up for them and then I don't go to them. <laughs> have you ever done that? I bet you have. And uh, my sister, I was talking to her on Saturday trying to get the Stollen recipe. She said, go to Aldi. Um, she's in print sales. And my sister said, I got to go right away because I'm on a Zoom call and they sent dinner. So I have to be there. <clears throat> okay. Get it? They connected the virtual world and the physical world by sending something. In this case, it was a local charity or something that she was supporting. <clears throat> or actually, it was, I think, a national charity that she supported. But anyway, so what they did to get people to come to their webinar was, and this is in B2B and Marketing Exchange was the webinar, we sent 1,200 personalized packages to their homes and saw an outstanding 70% attendance rate. How about that for wild, right? Plus, our attendees raved about the kits, sharing pictures online and engaging with us. How about that? Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. The budget, uh, so he's got this podcast. That I will post this article so you can get the link to the podcast up at WDMA.org. See below WDMA, Wisconsin DMA, and uh, so you can get listen to his podcast. And uh, to access the show notes, all you have to do is subscribe to the WDMA.org, which right now we're just getting the email. We need to get the physical address because we want to do some mailings. And uh, all of the software I use to capture information on people doesn't include that. So, but we can fix that. We can, I'm sure there's a way. Um, but at least subscribe. And if you want to support WDMA, which supports your mail and your USPS, if you're in both of those, then I hope you'll join. You should join. You should get involved. We, if we work together, we can ride this wave of mail. Okay. <clears throat> There's a couple of data articles that came up, but I thought, let's talk about data a little bit. So Tesla in TechCrunch, which last week had a mail, a direct mail article, uh, Tesla's radically diverse workforce is led mostly by white men, okay, according to TechCrunch. And Kristen wrote this article, and she said 60% of its workforce is non-white. 60% of the workforce is non-white. So we're just going to analyze the data here. This is the way a data analyst thinks. So we're going to give you a little insight into the mind of a data analyst. <clears throat> okay? And the vast majority of its workforce is male at 
83%, I'm just rounding up, 83% when looking at leadership positions, 59% of the leadership positions are held by white people. 59%. Okay, 59% white. Got it? 59% white. Okay, now, <clears throat> black employees are 10% of the workforce, and they got a bunch of promotions and stuff. Asian got 21%, and women were about 21%. Okay, now let's look at U.S. population, because I thought, well, let's give some context to this. Notice, no context. Context is often more important than data. So here's the U.S. population, pretty much right up to the minute. <clears throat> and the U.S. population is 62% white. So right off the bat, Tesla is underrepresenting white Americans. <clears throat> and they have plants in New York and California and one other state. So, you know, it's not fair to take California per se. I thought the Hispanics were very underrepresented. The blacks, seems to me, let's go back to the black percent. Black percent are 10%. So, it's not that far underrepresented. And they've made a lot of progress. It was 4%. So, there was a 60% increase. 12% of its new hires are black. Then I got to thinking, okay, this is good context. U.S. population, and this is almost equally split, men and women, in the white population. At least I had a graph that was a little more complicated. Um, but there you go, right? Now, then I thought, well, what about engineering school? And the advantage of this graph, it isn't in percents, but it, but the blue graph, which is the men, adds up to almost exactly 100. <laughs> so it was easy. So 85% of the engineer engineering graduates this previous May, 85 of those graduates were were white men. And it divvies up just about exactly to 100 men. Okay? 10% were Hispanic, or 10 were Hispanic, but it's about 10%. Only 3 were black. What does that mean? That means the pool of black men is almost non-existent. And women overall, in the pool of today's graduates. Now, that doesn't mean that the total pool of America engineers is 40% women. This is about 40%. I, I added all these up in my head. So, when you look at the context, two things are important to remember. One is, Tesla's actually overachieving in non-white population. If you look at, if you look at both the U.S. population Compared to the U.S. population, which is about 40% non-white, Tesla is 60%. So they're overachieving in the white versus non-white. They are also overachieving, greatly overachieving, compared to the engineering population, which is, for the men, which I would say would be more traditional, which is about 15% non-white. Okay, so they're vastly over overachieving. And the fact that leadership is only 60% white men when this is about 60% men and about 40% women and way white men. So the second takeaway is don't be afraid to hire a few white men. It's okay. Sometimes we have experience in the field that you're looking to hire. It's okay. It's okay to hire white men. 
I know that sounds crazy, but I just wanted to show you some of that. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Have a great day. I'm John Miglosh. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.